Lifetime Live with Griselda Tutumashe. Now, for more than two decades now, South Africa has sought to address poverty and inequality with a wide range of initiatives, including the use of fiscal policy to support distributive measures. Uh, the social wage, which refers to the government's investment in education, health services, social development, including social assistance to vulnerable households and individuals, as well as uh, contributory uh, social security, public uh, transport, housing, um, the list goes on and on of efforts by government. Um, This has played a notable role in the government's efforts to reduce poverty and inequality. Is it enough though, is the question we ask. And joining us uh, to just help unpack what it is um, that perhaps is missing in our approach since 1993 is Dr. Vuyo Matlati, who is president of the African Farmers Association, um, SA, and uh, founder of of Ivili uh, Loboya um, Wool and Cashmere Processing Factory in Butterworth. Good evening, uh, good afternoon, and welcome, Dr. Matlad. Evening, evening, Chris. Oh, no, I misled hey, you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in an outside uh, broadcasting van, so it looks like an evening. There are lights and, and everything in here. Um, so it is afternoon. We're not evening yet. Uh, good yeah, afternoon. No, and afternoon. Yeah. Afternoon, I'm I'm also in Butterworth. Ah, and there you basically go. it's a beautiful day today. I can imagine so. And unfortunately the weather is a bit friendly today, unlike the past two days. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's been windy, but today is beautiful. Now, the, the efforts that I, I made reference to in my introduction, dating far back as um, 1993, when we fast forward to 2018, um, society is still experiencing what is known as the triple challenge of uh, poverty, inequality and unemployment. In your view, did we have a clear assessment of the extent and causes of, of these challenges uh, to society before we even implemented um, your, your um, you know, when we were talking about reconstruction and and, and and development and the many programs that are sought to address uh, this triple challenge? Yes, thank you so much for the opportunity. I think that, you know, well, yes, I do believe that we have come a long way in terms of understanding what the issues are. Mm-hmm. What we are grappling with are the mechanisms of addressing the issues. Mm. And by that I mean, I mean, what we're dealing with is very structural, you know. We understand that there are structural issues of poverty, unemployment, and inequality that require boldness in addressing them. Mm. And the approaches that we have taken, for instance, the example of land that we're dealing with now. You know, our failure to deal with land reform decisively and adequately is one of the reasons that contribute. At a different level, we also recognize that there are issues that we can, we've seen, for instance, a drop in poverty between 2006 and 2011. Mm-hmm. And that period was also aligned, you know, to growth uh, as well in yeah. our country. Yeah. And as soon as, you know, we had another a global financial crisis and jobs were lost. We have struggled to recover from that. Mm. So in a sense, and then we dealing with issues of corruption as well. 
mm. that we see, particularly from local government up, those are also other, you know, issues that are frustrating the effort of delivering directly to people. So the big issue here is about tackling hands-on, you know, uh, the, the structural issues, mm-hmm. the redistribution that you're dealing with. Uh, you talked, you referred to earlier. But on the other hand, making sure that the delivery mechanism to ensure access at, 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 at all levels. Because, you know, it's clear from the stats and also from the evidence-based research, mm-hmm. we know who is being, you know, affected by poverty. Mm-hmm. You know, children between north and 17, you know, women, people in rural areas, we even know which specific ones, which areas. And also we have seen um, good examples of where we've seen improvement. Uh, for instance, areas like Msinga, KZN. You know, Msinga is one of those areas that was struggling with violence and extreme poverty, absolute poverty. But we have seen the progress that also had a positive impact as far as stability of the area. And we, we some of us were tracking, you know, what was happening from an agricultural perspective, the Tugela Ferry, the improvement in the irrigation schemes, and also how people involved in food security mm. from a subsistence level. So in a sense, we need to be organized and a coordinated approach. I'm glad you actually mentioned the coordination because it almost seems like, you know, um, there are groupings of people who are doing their best uh, to try and address these challenges. But because, uh, you know, some of these systems are not talking to each other um, because we have to first dismantle the systematic approach in in ensuring that people are exposed deliberately um, to to these uh, triple challenges, poverty, inequality, and unemployment. Uh, When we return from a break. I, I just want to find out if we have even clearly defined what we mean by poverty. Okay. At SAFM Radio and at Positive GP on Twitter. And we invite you to join in the conversation 0891-104-207 and uh, WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. And uh, we are at SAFM Radio, both on Twitter and Facebook. And you can send, um, you can actually tag us at SFM Lifetime Live. And uh, SMS is at 40938, charged at 150. Joining me in conversation right now, as we just reflect on South Africa, whether we'll ever, ever um, be able to just uh, uh, decline um, the, the amount of poverty and unemployment employment and inequality in our country. And Dr. Vuyo Matlati is joining us as president of African Farmers Association, uh, SA, and founder of Evili Loboya, Wool and Cashmere uh, Processing Factory, Ebatawith. Um, now, let, let's talk about the definition of poverty, uh, because it's much easier to make reference to, um, you know, rural uh, environments. And, and yet we have um, a growing wealth inequality where you find people uh, moving to these urban environments and they simply can't afford a day-to-day living. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when we talk about poverty and definition, 
they deal with absolute poverty, which is mainly around income poverty. And, you know, the, the, the measure that is specifically used mm-hmm. by day when we refer to the recent headcount, um, we, we talk about the, what we call upper bound poverty line. And what that refers to is about 992 rands per person per month. Mm-hmm. So basically, when we look at that 992 rand per person per month, we come, you know, the, 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 the conclusion by Seta saying is that for that poverty headcount, we have seen an increase to 55.5% mm-hmm. of South Africans, which translates to about 30.4 million people living in poverty in 2015. Sure. So basically, that's quite a high number, and it mm-hmm. increased from the previous uh, 2011 number. So, so. And, and that is just referring, and we're not linking to asset poverty in terms mm. of broadening it to, 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 to asset ownership as far as the what relative poverty that we'd be talking to. So just from an income perspective, mm. that's And that's frightening because it also shows as much as research is showing us that the grants, um, the cash grants from social grants do contribute uh, towards hunger particularly. Mm. Um, however, the amounts are not always big enough in terms of a household to be able to cover you know, the levels that are required to address that. Yeah. Talking about so, uh, social grants, uh, Dr. Matlati, I mean, social assistance is, is important. Um, but in a country that is struggling with skills gap, uh, should we not perhaps be utilizing uh, some of these funds to create an environment of, of creators? Um, is it sustainable that uh, you we have millions of people dependent on, on state assistance? Is this approach sustainable? You know, this approach is necessary, you, you know, for social protection to ensure that at least we get people who have a cushion. Mm. However, it is, you're right. It is not sustainable on its own. You cannot have 17 million people relying just on that and not having, you know, seeing a form of graduation towards self-reliance. And you see, the issue of skills is actually a very sad one for our country because if you look at the programs of the CETAs and also the education system, particularly what we are investing in it, you know, when you compare ourselves in terms of budget with other countries at our level, you find that we actually, you know, our budget is much higher Mm-hmm. as far as contribution to education and also with our sitters from the levy. But the big problem is a systematic problem in terms of how those are utilized. Yeah. And also the outcomes, the outcomes of such programs are just not managing to get us to where we should be. And I think that the issues of effectiveness and efficiency are one that we are needing to pay more attention to. Mm. 
I, I must it's say... Not, it's, it's not easy to just say... It's not good to say somebody has gone through training. Yeah. And that yeah. is not aligned, you know, with the right skill set that can get that person to either be an entrepreneur or also to be, you know, employable. And and lastly, what do we do with the willingness to actually want to, to work? Um, because it, it's... And one of the challenges that I, I personally struggle with is, is in how we report um, as, as media practitioners. Uh, where, when a, an issue like a, a SASA challenge comes uh, into the fore, our, our focus is always on, on victimizing our communities and not ask questions where you have young, able-bodied human beings just not wanting to opt for give us jobs and rather um, say that ways our grant money. So how yeah, do we know, encourage society think, uh, to actually want to demand uh, jobs as, as part of um, bringing dignity? I, I think that, you know, we really, all of us have to do our bit. Mm. And, uh, you know, we, as, as we say in our Nguni language, you know, we have seen good examples, and I have seen in my little, you know, experiments and efforts that if we are patient and find the right people, we can assist each other, mm. you know, in terms of creating opportunities. And, you know, it's not that people have given up. And I think that what we need to do is to make sure that we align the right support and make sure that there are committed people from government officials to communities Mm. and form partnerships that can assist each other. You know, because there are people who can create jobs on the ground, but they need support. So I think that what we need to do more is really to give each other a chance yeah. And ensure that our systems are not corruptible mm. and make sure that we give support to those who are showing interest in in, 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 in changing the lives of people. Because I believe that where we stay is not give a chance to the people Indeed. who are trying. And I guess uh, exactly, and and just showcase um, excellence amongst us of people who are doing exactly. something to alleviate uh, the situation. And one example is Dr. Vuyo Mahlati, who left academics and just became a farmer. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for for joining us and became a farmer, one that uh, has created jobs. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, that is uh, Dr. Vuyo Mahlati, President of African Farmers Association SA and founder of Ivili Loboya Wool and Cashmere Processing Factory in Butterworth. That's where we leave this conversation, but invite you to join in on social media. Uh, right now, here's the news headlines with Utsi Lesako.